the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I'll tell you what, Squirrel. You throw a wig on her. I keep waiting for her finger to go up and tell her phone home. I keep waiting for it. Now she's going to go home. Lori Lightfoot was an interesting candidate. She could have done anything if she had character, if she had integrity. But what Lori Lightfoot proves beyond the shadow of a doubt is that beauty may be skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. And Lori Lightfoot is ugly inside. She was a mean, rotten, spiteful person. So it's okay to feel good about this fascist rat. Comical, though. Comical. Very funny. E.T., wig, and a butler vest on. That's who she is. Only E.T. was nice inside. She's not. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room as I felt every step of the way. But what about all the developers in Winnetka with the $5,000 a plate? What about the slum landlord in Chicago for 40 years and all the money? Where's that go now? I know where it goes. To the next scallywag. And that's how the game is played. So listen, I got friends and family. I loved that city at one time. I got a nephew on the job. I'm terrified for him and his beautiful kids, as I am all the good people. The problem is that pool is shrinking. And now you're going to have the mafia wars. Do you like the daily, short-in-the-pants mafia, or you prefer the real Marxist mafia? Which one you want? This journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors. Ah, shut up. I don't have to hear that fake man voice. Shut up and go home. And by the way, where's Christopher Columbus, you rat bastard? In the meantime, the media has made their selection. Oh, I could play Paul Vallis if you want to hear him. I haven't been this happy since my son returned from Afghanistan. That's wonderful. Wonderful way to plug in a little patriotism. I like all that. But buddy, 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 boy, you got some problems on the horizon. Let me just go ahead and get this out the way. My wife of 25 years come June. Chicago, a black woman will still be in charge. Slick. You see what that was? Did you watch that, Squirrel? Slick. Slick. It almost takes away the philosophy that he shares with Karl Marx, with Mao Zedong, with every other fascist, communist, rat corrupted. Also by the Chicago Public Teachers Union producing, producing the society you watch on the news. Not just kids that can't read and do math. But gangs, stoking violence, all the rest of it. And it'll all be hidden in the silk sounds of Brandon Johnson. This is the truth about Paul Vallis. He has literally failed everywhere he has gone. True. 
Very, very true. But that's not the problem Paul Vallis has. Paul Vallis could run on the phony cherry-picked data of the school in Louisiana and all the other gots and ghouls, and how great it was when the short-in-the-pants Irish mafia ruled the streets of Chicago. He could always do that. That's not his problem. His problem is the communist sympathizing media in Chicago. You see, these imbeciles, these talking mannequins, these pudgy, pudgy old reporters, they like what they see here. Johnson is one of ten children, the son and grandson of ministers, the father of four. And all of that is going to cover the fact of his ugly philosophy inside, which will make Lori Lightfoot look like a beauty queen, because he is the real deal Marxist. He's exactly who the sewer of Chicago, city of Chicago, once great city, now sewer, deserves. And they're excited about him. Listen to her voice. He has a lot of connections here on the west side. Congresswoman Dahlia Ramirez introduced him, talking about this multicultural campaign. And perhaps no better way to express that by the difference in music. We've had R&B, we've had merengue salsa, and now Chicago House to end the celebration this evening. But this fight continues for the Brandon Johnson campaign. For now, we are live as the party continues here in the Austin neighborhood. Leah Hope, ABC7 Eyewitness. Leah Hope is excited. Now, let's listen to the reporter who had to go to the Vallis. Well, Rob, Paul Vallis has been a candidate before, but tonight is the first time he has ever won an election. He's come a long way since he came ninth out of 14th in the last mayoral election four years ago. Now, Vallis did receive a call from Mayor Lightfoot tonight congratulating him. Throughout the campaign, she and the other candidates tried painting him as a right-wing Republican. In a fiery speech tonight, Vallis made a point of telling his supporters he is a lifelong pro-choice Democrat. As a son of Green immigrants, Vallis says public service is in his DNA, coming from a family of teachers, police officers, and firefighters. And while his background and expertise is education, Vallis has made his campaign all about public safety, an issue that paid off for him as it resonated with voters who are fed up with crime. And Johnson is where he is because he is on the totally opposite side of that coin, but he sells it under the guise of equality, under the guise of diversity. And that is what sells when you are dealing with people who have been educated in the public school system and cannot think for themselves. That's exactly who we're dealing with. That's exactly what we're dealing with. And I remember when Thomas Sowell pointed this out years and years ago. How long it is until each of the uh, contestants says the word diversity. And the guy who says it, you know, he's 35 minutes into the interview. And the other guy who says it, you know, the first sentence, the guy who said it takes 35 minutes, he should be at the top of the list. The guy who said it the first sentence should be at the bottom. Because the question is... What's wrong with diversity? I don't get the point. My point is that this is a word that has become magic. What does it mean, if anything? Are you saying to me that all black people are alike, therefore you've got to mix and match by race? It's not diverse unless it's diverse along the No, I'll tell you what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think that it would be different to have people of different kinds of experiences. Uh, and we mentioned Sri Lanka, didn't we? And, and, uh... This is arguing the Enlightenment. This is arguing Americanism. And the city of Chicago, the American Democrat Mafia member, doesn't want it. They're not interested in true equality because that has outcome that is determined on your actions. They prefer the pick and choose and building a mafia. 
That's what they like. That's why you're used to it in Chicago. You know that you sat idly by where you thought you could tolerate the same thing done by a short-in-the-pants Irish Mafia member named Daly. You liked it. And that's why we all know what the word clout means. You all know this scams, the ghost jobs, the phony payroll, the extortion from the aldermen. You liked it for 50 years. And now you think you don't? So you want to go back to that kind of clout? That kind of corruption open and notorious by the short in the pants guys? Or you want to go with the real deal Marxist who can sell it because he believes it? And Paul Vallis doesn't believe anything. He's a fracking fraud from soup to nuts. Sorry, Paul, but I spotted you years ago. Even when you were on the, on this station, I knew you were full of dung. And anybody who rubbed their elbows with the short in the pants mobsters, the Irish dailies, who as were working the scam at O'Hare, were working the scam with the Chinese government, the money laundering scheme with everything from big tech to free internet to everything else. You sat there and you loved it. And you just wanted to get promoted. Well, now you got your big shot. The problem you have is the good people move, the ones that could. And now all that's left are the poor, good, desperate people who are stuck there. In some cases, because of that very clout, the golden handcuffs. And there's not enough of them to push back the modern-day Chicago Kong. Because that's what they are. They're just like the Viet Cong, only they're better dressed. They believe in the same Marxism, the same communism, the same socialism. And this swindler can sell it. Because the Chicago Public School has done an injustice to those people. And that's why when you turn on the news, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And that's why I call it the short bus. Not because of handicapped. Because of a choice to be illiterate. 7% of the kids in 8th to 8th grade can read to the level. 5 can do math. You think they want the equality of opportunity? They don't want it because they can't hang. They can't hack it. And that's the way the system was designed. And now you're dealing with the ramifications of that. So go ahead, Paul. Give it your best shot, really. Public safety is the fundamental right of every American. It is. Now think about what the city believes. The fundamental right is free rent, free food, and some walking around money. Little Lori Lightfoot, E.T. is what she's more formally known on my show. E.T., Already has 4,000 people on $500 a month for absolutely nothing. Are you going to run on taking that away, Paul? How's that going to sell? Sorry. Too late to the dance. That's just a fact. In the meantime, you got smooth. Let me just go ahead and get this out the way. My wife of 25 years come June. Chicago. A black woman will still be in charge. And every dingbat turned around to their spouse and said, Ooh, I like that. He sounds good. And they don't care that he represents a philosophy that this country wasted a million lives. Brave soldiers fighting in foreign lands. The whole time it is concentrated right there in the sewer of Chicago. The same philosophy from World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, you name it. It's the same philosophy, and he likes it, and he makes it look good. He's almost as slick as Barack Obama. And you ain't going to beat that, Paul. Sorry, brother. Ain't going to happen, especially with the stumbling and the mumbling. I am a lifelong Democrat. No, 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 no. You're a connected clout scumbag. That's all you are. And you sat there quietly while the short-in-the-pants mafia destroyed, laid the groundwork for the destination we're at today. And you thought you could rein it in. And you might. 
Because I heard that Madigan's lawyer is trying to get the case dismissed. And with such judges, like Ed Burke's wife, he probably can. That's the corruption you like. It's what ruined a lot better places than the Chicago. It's what ruined most of Europe. It's what ruined Cuba. It's what ruined Venezuela. It's what ruined Sicily. It's what ruins a lot of better places. It's the corruption of the citizen where they'd rather get something for nothing than actually be free. Freedom is scary. You go broke in freedom. Chicagoans, Illinoisans, they don't like it. That's why they vote for Democrat mafia members. You're not fooling me. 312-642-5600. Gonads are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I know, I got everybody mad. It's all right. Because I don't have that, that fatal flaw of adapting down. The standards of Americanism are not appreciated, not honored. They're undermined by Democrats. So you want to lose and feel good about it, or you want to lose and know it? Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, so Chicago had their mayoral, or first round of their mayoral elections yesterday. Um, and it's the latest big American city where frustrations about crime was a um, central issue uh, of the cycle. Does Pre- President Biden, does he feel that this administration and I guess Washington writ large is putting enough attention on dealing with the issue of crime, um, particularly in areas, big urban areas like Chicago? So let me just f- first speak to uh, the mayor's race. Look, the president is committed to working uh, with who, whoever, whomever uh, the the, the, you know, the people in Chicago Brilliant. or the people on Brilliant. the ground, which, whichever, if it's a city or a state, uh, whomever they choose to represent them. So that is uh, is the case and will continue to be the case. And so I'm going to Democrats schemes, the golden goose of corruption will still flourish. Well, Rob, Paul Vallis has been a candidate before, but tonight is the first time he has ever won an election. He's come a long way since he came ninth out of 14th in the last mayoral election four years ago. Now, Vallis did receive a call from Mayor Lightfoot tonight. Congrats. That's who you're hanging your hopes on. A short-in-the-pants daily mafia couple. Everybody knows what cloud is. Everybody knows the scams. Everybody knows this scheme. Did Paul Vallis speak out about the waste, fraud, and abuse at O'Hare? Eight billion dollars. No, no, no. Because those recipients become campaign contributors now. All the $5,000 a plate developers for Lori Lightfoot become campaign contributors. Paul Vallis would eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad for $50. He's like every other Democrat whore. He doesn't have a principle in his body. But what his opposition has is a principle of Marxism, of communism, of socialism. And that sells. And the developers know it's corrupt. So their money's going to go to him. Mark my words. Michael on the south side. Good afternoon, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Anytime, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, uh, both Paul Vallis and... um, there's, I feel bad for the Chicagoan, as I feel bad for the Illinois. Right. Your standards go yes, down, I, and you do the the worse, the lesser of two evils, and all that guts on goal. Right, uh, Paul Vallis and uh, Brandon Johnson are both a hardcore leftist. You know, the truth of the matter, though, is uh, 
Paul Vallis is the uh, least offensive option. Uh, if Johnson wins, we will have to leave Chicago. Uh, the, the city is done. You no have to leave, you it. have to leave anyway, brother. It's whether you want to recognize it or not. I mean, this is why you know this is why guys they say, well, you know, when when it, when it gets to be three, four in the morning, and somebody says, well, they, they're not that ugly. That's not. I'm not around for that. I leave way earlier. Thank you very much. Ah, they're not that bad. I think I, I think I, I think it's the I think it's it's her that's giving off the foot smell, but I'm not sure. Somebody order another round. That's not good enough for me. It's good enough for Democrats. It's not good enough for me. Cream puff, Jim. Oh, I think I where is he? Cream puff, Jim. Yeah, hey, Sean. I'm just curious. Which one of the Sunshine Boys do you think will uh, telegraph? Uh, you know the the mayor of Chicago. Jim, do you know what men of character think of Chicago? I learned this in the that, real estate that, business, that, that, money right. business. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that. I, yeah, I don't know if you've ahead. heard me say it before. Do you know in REITs, real estate investment trusts, the biggest in the country, the biggest in the world, do you know what they avoid? Any REIT that holds real estate in Chicago, Illinois. Did you know that? They'll even take well, the ones in, sure. They'll take it in New sure. York. They'll take it in New Jersey. They'll take it in Philly. They'll even take it in California. The one city they don't want any property in is Chicago. Why? Why do you think that is, Jim? Because of Hickey Dick McKenna, who said it best. He goes, Chicago is not ready for reform yet. <laughs> it isn't ready for reform yet. Yeah, I tell you, Jim, That's all I how you did it. You're a man of patience. You sat in that truck. You ate sandwiches. You ballooned up yeah. all for yeah. the pension. And now you're too big to yeah. get out of the apartment. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate the call. Lemo Chris. What are you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Sean? Hey, listen to this. Listen to this. You hear it? You hear it? That's my that's my fifteenth beer. I've been celebrating all night since <laughs> since the troll got got kicked in the booty and booted out of Chicago. Man, that's I'm the one so thing to celebrate. Eh. She was ugly on the inside mm-hmm. and ugly on the outside. Let her go her oh, way yeah. because she was a mean spirited person. But the other thing is, uh, I almost like that because the philosophy yeah. is ugly. The philosophy is mean. Her fascism, yeah. she shined. That was her brightest moment. She enjoyed that, and it, 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 it I showed. Thought she was, I thought she was going to win, Sean. I thought she was going to win. And to tell you the truth, if she won, I was looking for a bulletproof vest. I mean, we stopped doing trips in Chicago within the last two, you know, last two years. I've told you that. Well, before, I mean, I before almost, you get started on doing them again, I, I wouldn't yeah. get too excited. Because it's yeah, going to be Mayor Johnson. It's going to be the same philosophy with a, with a better-looking salesman. Thank you very much, brother. Now, don't drive. 15 beers. There's no picking up people now. Uh, Mitchell displays. Uh, keep in mind, Sean, she came in third place. Okay? So I guess radical Democrats in the city of Chicago don't like black women that are gay. And apparently it worked for the same strategy with Elizabeth Warren when she ran for president in 2020. She also came in third place in the state of Massachusetts. So I guess radical Democrats can't stand women. They can't stand women of power. And yet in the most Democratic cities, you see the exact same pattern. It's because of the fact that she has lack of leadership and crime is out of control is why people in Chicago said enough is enough. Do you hear what I'm saying here, Daniel? there's, There's a silver line to Lori Lightfoot is that she failed so much and was so mean-spirited, she was rejected. You're not going to have that problem with Brandon Johnson. He's going to put lipstick on the same pig philosophy. He's going to put lipstick on the same fascism, on the same corruption, and he's going to sell it better. That's even a worse position. I understand how I want to take away all the happiness and joy. I mean, the only good news is He's gonna. She created jobs in a way. Someone's gonna have to put the legs back on the desk. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I'll take all your calls when I get back.
He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. The beauty of being born in the late 60s. We didn't look at each other by color. We looked at each other by character. That's why I don't even like reading liners about people saying they're black conservatives. I don't really give a rip what color anybody is. To me, it's only character. But you have to recognize the character you're surrounded by. And then you make the decision. If that character is your standards, if you want to raise a family around that character, then by all means do so. But before you know it, the infiltration of low character the infiltration of government supremacy. See, that doesn't matter what color you are. That's about being a slave, willing or unwilling, because you've turned the power of choice, of freedom, to the government. That's why these Democrat-led areas become ghettos of corruption and failure. It's just what they do, because it's how their mind works. They haven't evolved. They're dumb. And they position themselves to be smart. But the proof is in the pudding. That's why they don't like proof. That's why they need the idea of socialism, of something for everybody's equal. But everybody isn't equal, regardless of color. But they can sell that to stupid people. And here's the kind of stupid people that are around these areas. Right now, they're charging the police officer in Oaklawn who beat up the low-life wretched scum in his Versace jacket who had a gun and wouldn't give it over and ran from the police. So rather than shoot that dirty son of a dog, they beat the hell out of him so he couldn't take the gun out and kill them. And now the police get charged. And the stupid idiots who vote Democrat cheer that. They like that. So now you think Brandon Johnson will change it? Do you think Paul Vallis will change that? Paul Vallis is afraid. He's afraid to be called a racist. I'm not. Because I don't care what race you are. If you have such low character to subscribe to a philosophy that this country spent a million lives trying to defeat, to free the people of those countries, most of whom are white. If you have such disregard for freedom and for liberty, you're a scum. And I don't care what color you are. And you deserve to be the slave. And then maybe you could work through the corruption and you could get tapped by a fat-ass pretend gangster who couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag like the dailies or the rest of them. And then you could pretend to be entitled to your mystical, magical retirement kickback that's an employment contract, not based on any performance of anything, because you were a loyal foot soldier to the organized La Cosa Nostra, only this time it's called Democrats. So nobody won last night. You just felt like you didn't lose as much as you were losing the day before, and that might be true for a little while. But don't worry. When Brandon Johnson gets in, these people who, who sue the police because they were criminal scum, it'll be right back here. And now you'll like your salesman this time. George Naperville. Sean, I was wondering, if Vallis wins, do you think the lineup of Lollapalooza will be affected? He's an old white guy. I was hoping to finally see Tony Bennett. Yes, you're going to see Tony Bennett. I, I, think, I think Paul Vallis doesn't stand a, a chance. Do you, th- do you think because the mayor's name is Paul, he'll do the uh, uh, Pelosi version of that? I left my hammer in San Francisco. Well, I would like that. I would like that. I left my hammer in San Francisco. And why does it smell? The follow-up chorus. Uh, Owen in Willowbrook. Hey, Sean. 
the uh, Democrats over the last uh, six years, from Daly to Beetlejuice, have basically ruined this city of Potterville. I mean, Chicago. I think it was ruined with Cermak. I think and, it was ruined. I think and, it's been and, ruined. It's a hundred years and, of Democrat rule. One hundred years. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which leftist communist of, out of these two gets in. It, 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 the best thing that could happen is if it crumbled and fell into Lake Michigan because it'd be an improvement. Nobody ever asked Owen about the Chinese Communist Party investments with the Daily. Remember how how much we, I'm going to China? We got the Chinese delegation. Why? Why? Where's their money? Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know about the five million. Vacant square feet in what used to be called the financial district. You've destroyed all of the business. All of it. And now you pretend you're going to bring it back with what? Socialism? Or because somebody thinks a political whore to the dailies is going to change things? Not on your life. I mean, I hate to rain on your parade, but I'm not going to sell lipstick on a pig for anybody. Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean. Great show. Great show. Hey, um, what the... Math and reading proficiencies of the CPS uh, students of the Chicago school system. Brandon Johnson is proposing even more money to dish out for these students through this uh, corrupt uh, unions. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you give these these students. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna make a hill of beans. And the other thing that no one's talking about: Did you ever see the teachers when they do the union strike? Did you ever hear them speak? Do you think that they have the philosophy of Americanism, of freedom? Do you think they're proficient in reading or math? I don't think so. Because now yeah. what we've done is we've lowered the standards. And now what's the answer? As you see, as far as Oak Park River Forest, get rid of testing. No more testing. Because, see, the reality, the product of these teacher unions, of these public school systems, is what's destroying the city. Those are the kids exactly. that are carjacking and shooting and robbing and raping and pillaging. That's the product. Yeah. But they yeah, don't want to look at the results. See, because the results right, of failure give them more power and more money. That's their goal. Brandon Jackson right, they want to keep, they want to keep real good for the, for the mafia. It's going to be fine. And they want to keep the kids stupid. They don't want them to have jobs, so they want to control them. That's all. Yeah, but I didn't mean to hang up on you. I let go of the button. But they feel entitled. And it's through the entitlement programs that the real corruption thrives. That's why nobody gives a rip in that 15 now. Now it'll be 15 billion in seven years in the airport. And it smells like a urinal, you fracking morons. Because the Guidos are in on it too. Oh, yes, they are. All the Winnetka lawyers, all the developers, 5,000 a plate. How much money do you think was raised in Winnetka that night? How about from the slum landlord that's been a slum landlord for 40 years? He's still alive with that goofy name. What's his name, Edelson? Who gives a rip? And he bribes, I mean, campaign contributes to Lori Lightfoot. Where does it go? It's going to go to the next mayor. Mayor corruption. Mayor mafia. Mayor La Cosa Nostra. Democrat style. Short in the pants and can't fight. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you? Good. What I wanted to say is, I know you weren't a fan of Lori uh, Lightfoot. I'm not a fan of any Democrat. I know. I, well, I know that. That's why I listen to you. <laughs> but the two things that you can't take away from her is that she was the first gay black woman to be the mayor Does of Chicago. Does that matter? Man, I, I, God, I hate that. Well, man. no, but... but because the, if we're, given, if we're is, given political jobs on sexual performance, then somebody make me God of the world. Go ahead. Well, that's... And the second thing is, is that uh, 
she's the first mayor in 40 years that's not going to be reelected. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the other one, you know, the other one was what? What was Jane Byrne? I remember Jane Byrne. You remember Jane Byrne? She was a bad yeah, lady a for the same yeah. La Cosa Nostra. The Daily's got her. I got her. She's all right. She's with us. She's with us. The same scams go on, and it's implied. And the good people they went along with it, and that's that's how the the Russia became the Soviet Union. That's how Cuba became a prison island. It's just until you reject the ideology. You're just navigating personnel. Thank you very much, brother. I reject the ideology. I will not tolerate it. I will not give it quarter. And everyone gets mad. What do you mean you don't like Democrats? Because there are no more Kennedy Democrats. There are no more Democrats that even understand the concept of liberty. The Democrats run openly, like Brandon Johnson. I am a socialist, which is a finger to the million, the million soldiers, patriots we sent to die. Why did you send them at all? Why did you send a one of them? They just don't talk about that anymore. Now they're, they're fighting an invader. That's why that whole former Soviet Union of corruption isn't worth one fracking dollar. Not one dollar is Ukraine worth. Not one. The people were always prisoners. Nobody cared in America. Seven years, eight years of the government killing people, nobody gave a rip. Because now it's just a money laundering scheme. And the same scallywags want in on it. Humanity is in its intellectual infancy, and we look ridiculous. 312-642-5600. We are trained Marxists. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. The infrastructure of corruption is also something to be aware of. They're going to vote for whoever promises to pay off that corruption more. That's the problem we have. And the whole time they'll do it, they're going to lie to your face like they do on a federal level. Uh, to bringing down energy prices, which he's also done through uh, numerous actions he's taken over the last couple of years, to lowering people's utility bills, to, again, working to try to provide relief from student debt for middle class and working families. Everything that he does when he is uh, pushing forward his economic agenda is about giving people that breathing room. So- Just insert name. Doesn't matter if she's talking about a dimwit with dementia that everyone knows is a whore. Everybody knows is an a- How did he get there? Because he represents the very corruption. That feeds these Democrat sores. Unions. How you doing? Bad contracts. Corrupt bribes. Special variances. Licensing. Lower taxes of the, of the connected. How you doing? How you doing? And that pales in comparison to Ukraine. But here we are. Hundreds of billions of dollars. Why? I think it's because we admire them. I think it's the fact that we admire how they get away with it, how they have an entire banking system in Cyprus that nobody gets to look at. That's all. You're not, a repul- you're not repulsed by it. You just want in. Tom Belmont Heights. Hey, I just wanted to call to say I'm celebrating uh, the fact that we don't have to see Beetlejuice. You know, her yeah. time is uh, basically up, and I'm celebrating having myself a nice little beer. Little victory. I wasn't even planning on drinking today, but you know what? Today yeah. is a day. You know what that reminds me of, Tom? I, I don't know because, you know, I, I, my spouse is luscious and lovely and beautiful. But this must be what it's like to be married to an unattractive spouse when there's a national blackout. For just a minute, you got a small victory. 
Thank you very much. National Blackout. See what I did there, Squirrel? Yeah, all right, good. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, brother. Anytime. I'm, I am celebrating with everybody else with this here situation. But, hey, <laughs> when she, my wife told me about how she blamed it on racism and stuff like that. Here's a little rant I want to say, something like that. She took away our safety. She took away our freedoms, our livelihoods. She's destroyed our downtown. She neutered our police. And here's the, here's the, here's the best part of the whole thing. She created a situation, a city that she was afraid as hell to live in herself. She's a coward and a hypocrite. She had 20, uh, uh, what do you call it, bodyguards over And what, who were the ones that took her to Elmhurst in, in, at that hotel off 83? Were those, were, is it all 20 or was it just six of them, five of them? And not a one of I them said know. a word. Huh? She has, yeah. she, I don't know, but she has over but 70 to 100 um, uh, uh, uniform Chicago police on her detail and everything. Yeah. Hey, what's she going to do now? She she's was probably going to Elmhurst for lunch, Craig. It was nothing nefarious. Thank you very much. She's what she's going to do now. She's going to move out like everybody else who can afford to. Eduardo Midway. Yeah, Sean, I'm still confident that Mr. Ballas is going to win because people are sick and tired of the crime, and that's not something Mr. Johnson's going to be you know, able to deal with. You know my history. You know I love a good bet, card game dice, even sports that I know nothing about. I'm just a contrarian. So here's what we're going to do. You need to blow him out. I will bet you five cigars to one that Paul Vallis doesn't even come close, let alone win. You want some? You want some? You want some? Now you got to say covered. You got to say covered or you got to peter out now. But if it's crime, no way. He's going to get blown out. I'm talking election. The election. Because you know, funny thing about they keep talking voter turnout, voter turnout. The rolls haven't right. been cleaned in Where 20 young fracking people? years. Young Probably 30 years. So don't worry. The most corrupt mafia will pull out those dead people. Will pull out those scandals. And Vallis isn't, the, isn't the apple of their pull. eye. I love it, baby, but I think you're dead wrong. Do we have a bet or not? Bet, 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 Yeah. All right. Covered. Not Yeah. What the hell kind of neighborhood did this guy grow up? You say covered. Come on, must I teach you people everything? Bet, 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 bet. In the meantime, what kind of corruption are we talking about? Neck deep in corruption. Mr. Storch, you're our watchdog. Ukraine has a corruption problem, right? Uh, you, there's a long history of issues with corruption in Ukraine. I don't Infrastructure find... minister arrested for stealing $400,000. Deputy head of Zelensky's office can't explain where the sports cars came from, so he had to resign. Uh, deputy defense minister resigned over contracting corruption, but the defense ministry put out a statement that his resignation was a worthy deed. And... Now, if just take out Ukraine and put in Chicago, how many aldermen go to jail? How many? How many indicted? And, and you know what it's like to indict a Chicago alderman? You almost have to trip onto the crime. Because the FBI headquarters is a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's headquarters. He got away as being the biggest mafia don in the world history for 50 years. And it looks like he's going to walk. You got to love it. Everybody listening in Chicago knows the word clout. And some of them aren't disgusted by it. They just want some. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. For the last nine years, my next guest has worked as a policy advisor. She's also written for the Federalist Town Hall, The New American, Epic Times, among others. She's the author of a book, The Invincible Family. She wants to now tell us how a creation of John Maynard Keynes originally, a relic from the Bretton Woods Agreement, has now become one of the most powerful entities on the planet. Her name is Kimberly Ells. Kimberly, how are you? I'm great, thank you. You know, Kimberly, I've been watching the Fourth Reich, the ideology of government supremacy, all of my life. And it's amazing to watch the patience that these practitioners of the government mafia have and how they've implemented the cancer that metastasizes through the years of corruption and and world government. Nothing is a better example of that than the World Bank, which has never been stronger, been more influential, riddled in corruption, and beyond reproach. It's never investigated. None of the scandals ever come to fruition. At most, you get somebody resign. I mean, it's something. It's like the Chicago Democrat Mafia, isn't it? Yeah, that's a pretty accurate description. <laughs> but now they have they have the eyes on virtually every aspect of um, controlling foreign policy money is not enough now. Now they want to control everything in America. And are they closer or further than they used to be? Well, they're they're getting closer. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the World Bank is a is a direct uh, outshoot of the United Nations system. And and uh, I've been working at the United Nations for the and been involved there for the past ten years. And what I've witnessed is a huge assault on the family. And then uh, just just last uh, just this early this year in January, uh, the Biden administration rolled out a new program that really caught my attention. And as I got looking into it. The, the World Bank is at, at the core of it. And so what the, the, the uh, program is called the U.S. Strategy on Global Women's Economic Security, which sounds great because everyone's in favor of economic security for women and for everyone else. But as I got looking into it a little bit, what the plan is to ensure women's economic security is to ensure that they're in the workforce. And to do that, of course, you need to provide uh, universal Child care. And so in the strategy itself, it says that the U.S. government has partnered directly with the World Bank and is leading, you know, engagements to encourage partnerships in this uh, recently launched global initiative by the World Bank called Invest in Child Care, and which will expand access to child care um, and, you know, preschool programs and stuff globally. And so the Biden administration has admitted and is proud to to announce they are now partnering with the World Bank to provide universal child care, not only in our own country, but around the world. The World Bank exists on dollars. The World Bank is an offshoot of the American Federal Reserve. The World Bank is part of the Brenton Woods Agreement. There is no money unless we guarantee it and we fund it. And the money grows every year, and the, uh, the, the loans that are given out of it, and it's basically a vestibule of of bribery and payoffs they never are really recovered and um 
now they're in the, the child business. But while you were talking, I kept thinking of all of the Chicago Democrats, New York Democrats, and all the Democrat mafia-run sewers. This is a big deal on the local level. They all run on child care, child care. And they want the kid to go in, you know, our own Pritzker, who's built a lot like a beanbag. He wants your kid to go in at three years old. Now, what do they do in these child care indoctrination camps? Is, it, is that too harsh? Or, in fact, aren't they promoting this idea of this new version of Marxism circa 2023? Well, I'm glad you channeled Marxism because, you know, it, and that's what I talk about in my book, The Invincible Family. This, this ideology that children should be cared for and taught by the state rather than their parents, it comes directly from the writings of Marx and his right-hand man, Frederick Engels. And they, they said that women should be, women and men should be liberated from parental work instead so that they can instead fill, quote, socially productive roles. And so what you see is they don't consider parenthood a socially productive role, which I would argue it's the supremely most socially productive role that you can have. And so, and then, you know, Engels goes on to explain that we need to get all women into the workforce and that then the care, quote, care and education of children becomes a public affair. So this is exactly that. This is exactly that. It's encouraging women to get into the workforce which then necessitates that somebody is going to need to take care of, of children. And guess what? The World Bank is going to be happy to do it. And so they're not, they're, what they've, if you look into the strategy, as I did, you see that they're going to incentivize countries to enact certain child care policies. So they're going to pay countries to do this. And then they're going to collect data on the children um, in cooperation with the OECD, which is another nefarious actor. Um, and then, of course, in the name of quality child care, they say that they're going to be in charge of the regulation of the centers. So it's not necessarily that they will run them, but they will incentivize nations and entities to run them, and then they will be in charge of um, setting whatever standards might be. And I would, I would guess that this would eventually include what curriculum is taught, because they're very interested in, in what the, the youngest among us are taught. It's something to watch um, as a Chicagoan, formerly a Chicagoan. It's something to watch how the kids are are abused and underserved. And instead of being taught how to read or how to think or how to do math problems, they're taught how to embrace the idea of government supremacy is what I call it. It's called Marxism everywhere else, but it's really government supremacy. And these kids who cannot read or do math problems all have that philosophy of Marxism, of collectivism. And my mm -hmm. question to you is, only people who have been slaves under it really reject it. It's really most popular here than it is in any other country that practices it. The people of the Democrat hubs are now so low in their standards that they're reaching for their favorite Marxist. And I'm wondering, do you think that there are enough kids that are homeschooled enough kids that are taught the principles of the Enlightenment at home, that are taught that it's better to be poor and free than comfortable and a slave. Do you think there's enough kids to push it back and enough families here in this country that the country was based on the Enlightenment to fend off the Leviathan of collectivism? I think there are, and I think, which is very hopeful for me, I, I'm hope, I think if there's a fine, <laughs> fine margin 
um, so many, you know, families have embraced the very nice sounding doctrine of collectivism and so-called equality and so forth. But I'm encouraged of what we've seen over the past couple of years of parents rising up and realizing, hey, we're not we're not okay with what our kids are being taught, and we're not going to stand for it. And either advocating for change within the, the school system or leaving the school system to teach their own children, which which uh, I think that in our, in our homes is where we're going to win this battle. We have to work legislatively, but it's in our homes where we can teach our children the truth, not, not what's politically correct, but what we believe is correct. And I think that's the main battleground. And the good news is we can all fight that, that battle. Tonight, around the dinner table, we can yes. have a discussion you know, about freedom and prosperity and how that works. We can talk about current events. We can talk about these things with our families and children. And I think they'll believe us. I think, I think we've got momentum, and I think we're going in the right direction. It's funny. I'm, I'm in my 50s. My wife and I are in our 50s. And we worked very hard, both of us, to send our kids to private school. And it wasn't until I went through that experience and I was asked to be a uh, judge for a homeschool event that my entire philosophy changed. And I saw that we in America do our, do our education system absolutely 100% wrong. And it is why so many kids become convinced that they have ailments, that they are depressed, that they are awkward. And the reason I say that is I was around these kids, and I didn't know when I got invited what it was. It was an event where they were going to argue the benefits or the detriments of the electoral college system. So when I went to this event, I thought it would be kids in high school. It turned out it was kids in grade school. And I watched these kids who were unaware of their what they would have been picked on if they went to a regular school. They were awkward and they were outspoken. They were bombastic. And that's all of the things that schools teach our kids not to be. They teach them to not use their own creativeness, to not use their own judgment. They teach them to conform to misinformation by an institution that wastes billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. And in there lies the real corruption. How do you beat a Leviathan that is funded in the poorest, most illiterate societies like Chicago and New York and the rest of it, where the kids' proficiency rate is, is embarrassing, humiliating, but yet the teachers make a fortune. And the people pay 30000 per pupil in Chicago, and 7% of them can do math and, or, or can read in, in eighth grade to level, and 5% can do math. How do you beat back the Leviathan of corruption, which is the public school system in America that has been infiltrated by the Marxist unions? Well, unfortunately, we have been acclimated to um, a system of socialized education. That's what we have in our country, is we have socialized, you know, we talk about socialized medicine and different things. We have socialized education. And for a while, it worked pretty well, some might argue. Um, You know, a lot of people, older people today, had a good experience in public school. But you see, we're beginning to see the end of the road. When you go down the road of socializing anything, any program, This is the result that you get. It slowly degrades in its quality. It becomes more and more state-run, less and less parental control, less and less family influence, until you're left with really the the dregs that we're left with today in much of our schools. I mean, Martin Luther, many, many centuries ago, said that he feared that our our schools would become, quote, the great gate of hell. And And I'm sorry to say that, that that's what we're seeing. That's what we're beginning to witness. 
And so we've we've agreed to socialism on the econo- on the educational level, and we've got to pull back from that. We've got to find different solutions, and that solution won't look the same for everybody. But we as parents can find it, and we can teach in our homes, regardless of what school our go- our kids go to. We can teach around the hearth, around the table, and we have to do that. We have to do that. I share in my book. I share an inspiring story from the parents of Hungary who were living in lockdown communist situations, and they were able to preserve the minds and souls of their children because they taught at home. You know, I love that. I love that. And I, I have to confess, I, I, I haven't read it, but I promise you I will. The book is The Invincible Family. But as you as an investigative journalist, and you dig into this and you see this, why do you think so many, you know, I, the reason I, I, I ask you this is Paul Ryan could have eliminated this vestibule of corruption called the World Bank. He could have eliminated it and he saved it. Why do you think so many so-called Republicans are accepting of this idea of a corrupt one-world bank, the IMF, and the idea that we should bend knee to the World Health Organization or any of these conglomerates? Is it because they understand as politicians they are gods in these societies of collectivism? Why do you think it is that the American Republican doesn't want to throw away the World Bank, a relic of John Maynard Keynes? I think there's two camps of people. I think there's one camp of people who, um, although they call themselves Republicans, really are in for a glo- the global, they're all, all in for globalism. They really think that would be great. And they get, to, I'm assuming they get some uh, kickbacks for their support of that system. And they see it moving forward with great steam. And they want to be what they be on the winning team as they see what it will be. So I think they go along willingly, seeing that it's a globalist regime that wants to crush and do all these things, and they're okay with that. I think there's a larger uh, group of people who really are deceived about it and uh, think that good can come from it, and they want to squeeze whatever good can be brought out of it. So I think there's two camps. More people are deceived, I think, than evil, (laughs) but there are some of the top that that are, I think, in on the game. I ask you this not to... to ask you a question that you're not prepared to answer. I ask you this because I'm, I'm somewhat ignorant to it. But I can't help but notice the name. The World Economic Forum relationship with the World Bank. What is it? Well, um, I was going to say they're partners in crime. I, I, I don't. <laughs> the, the World Economic Forum isn't directly, um, as far as I've been able to discern, a part of the United Nations. However, the Sustainable Development Goals, which are the UN Goals, for the world that the UN has established are very much a part of the efforts of the World Economic Forum. Like they refer to the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. And so really, I believe there is, even though they may not be the same entity, there appears to be a great deal of cooperation and ideological solidarity. For their, yeah. They're striving for the same things. Well, it's nice to see the son of a Third Reich Nazi bounce back and become the head of the World Economic Forum. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to end to bad things. It's probably going to be splendid. I'm sure he completely rejects the ideas he grew up with. Oh, boy, Kimberly. In the meantime, we have your book, The Invincible Family. Kimberly Ellis, please do some investigating. And anytime you want to come on with something you find on these crooked Fourth Reich bastards, you have an open forum, okay? Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. The idea that we have politicians that admit we should almost be thankful. 
We have politicians like the next mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, who admit that they subscribe to the philosophy of death, responsible for 180 million deaths directly, including, not including, the million American soldiers that died fighting the ideology. But right here in America, it's never been more popular. Are you a secret? Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists because they don't have capitalist money. They're not billionaires. Sometimes the label doesn't matter as much as just talking about policies. That's- there she is, the J-Lo of Congress. Qualified for absolutely nothing except to make me an old-fashioned and hope for a tip. AOC. Selling a philosophy that is directly responsible for the deaths and tyranny for the last 160 years. And it's never been more popular. And the people that support this dimwit do it because she's hot, not because she's smart. Because if they were smart, they would know she's been embroiled in stealing from her campaign twice. And what are the ramifications? Nothing. Because she puts lipstick on the pig of socialism. You thought I was talking about Kamala Harris. They might do that, too. Easier to understand. Do you think people should die because they can't afford insulin? Do you think that fossil fuel CEOs should decide whether the planet gets set on fire? We need to unionize your workplace. Start a worker cooperative. It's too extreme for working people to own the means of production. Why is it okay for private billionaires to own the means of production? And I guess if you say it whispery, creepy, and you're not Joe Biden, it doesn't sound like you shower with your daughter, although she might when she has a daughter. John in Chicago. Yeah, hey, man, how you doing? Good, John. Good. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'd love to see Vallis win. Um, he's obviously the lesser of two evils, but I hate to say it. Um, maybe you mentioned this, but uh, given who's going to be counting the votes, um, he does not have a snowball chance in hell. The old Stalin. I'm not interested in how they vote. I'm interested in who counts it. It's phenomenal. That's exactly right. And, you know, um, I was listening to the morning show today, and they had uh, an alderman on, who uh, Ray Lopez, who I like as a, yep. for a Democrat. And he mm-hmm. basically said they haven't cleaned the voter rolls for at least two federal cycles, if not more. And it reminds me of a friend of mine who never sold his parents' house. And his mother, who died when my mother died in 2008, still gets a voting card. This is the way they like it, John. And it's heartbreaking for good people. Listen, I got half my family livid with me right now. Can't you just be happy for one minute? If you're going to celebrate a daily mafia capo over a Marxist mafia capo, I agree. He'd He'd be better, but it's still not good enough. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate yeah. it. Because if you were rubbing elbows with the one who laid the template for the O'Hare swindle, who laid the template for the Jane Byrne exit ramp that cost twice as much as the Hoover fracking dam and took nearly three times as long, and that's your idea of winning, well, you're a battered housewife who thinks a good day is when her husband doesn't punch her in the face and just slaps her around. Rob, Long Island, New York. Hey, what's up, John? Not much, Rob. How are you, brother? Pretty good, buddy. Um, I had never heard of you until a week ago and uh, started listening to you and very interesting individual. Um, <laughs> Thank you very I would feel so much more comfortable about this if you had cleavage. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, 
You're not a conservative, no. but uh, I'm an American, and I pay homage yeah. to everybody who went and fought and died for the idea of the Enlightenment and that the, if we were free and we were not supposed to pick our corrupt rulers and pretend they represented us. But, Rob, I went into break, but I love going into break for you. And here's the other thing. If I give you a shirt, will you wear it in Long Island? Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Stay on the line, Rob. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now we're talking squirrel. Economy was bad. Inflation was through the roof. Interest rates were skyrocketing. But Democrats were not communists. Like today. Now, forget about it. Forget about it. They're freaking communists. That's why, so far, my favorite phone call is uh, Rob from New York. Because he's right, I'm not a conservative. See, because the conservatives were selling the Illinois Republican version of a pushback. Just cut me in. Like the old half-assed gangster. Cut me in or cut it out, boys. And that's how you get to a position where this country's bankrupted. Not because of the American people, but because of the corrupt political whores pretending to represent them. Lloyd in Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean, how you doing today, man? Love your show. I'm not trying to criticize you. I just, I got to disagree with you on something, man. All right, shoot. AOC, she's not hot in my opinion. She's got messed up teeth, oily hair. She's got so much oil in her hair she can sell back to J.R. Ewing. She's very rare, like the spotted owl. She's a Democrat. She needs a pair of glasses. She's not repulsive. She needs a pair of glasses if she wants to at least look smart. No, Lloyd, let's not take away the obvious. She's a good-looking girl. And that's what's dangerous about her. Because she's I, I don't get it, man. Philosophy. I don't see it. Oh, well, you got to look I, at I don't see it. Well, you're in Gary, You know Indiana. what Larry said? Larry the, Larry the Cable Guy, man. Yeah, I don't know if I've taken advice on women from Larry the Cable Guy. Have you okay. seen Larry the Cable Guy? He looks like an ice cream cone. Uh, I don't know. I'm not down with Larry the Cable Guy. Can't take it away from her. She's pretty, which was, is what makes her very dangerous. Like Barack Obama, attractive guy selling an ugly philosophy. Normally they look the way they sound, like Lori Lightfoot. Or like Jan Schakowsky, who makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth. How about Dr. Awardy? Ooh, there's a rough look. So I like when they look like Chuck Schumer. Right? He looks like a gargoyle. Should be hanging off a library. That's good, because the philosophy he's spewing is as ugly as he is. Like Bernie Sanders. Never had a job in his fracking life. One of the, if not the, most popular senator. He went to Moscow during the Cold War. Why? Because he shares that ideology. That's the ideology we threw 100 million lives. American boys. Patriots. We told them you have to go there or that will come to these shores. Why do I have to go to Vietnam? Never even heard of it. Well, see, they're, they're, they're practicing communism and Marxism. And now our Congress does it. AOC does it. Be aware of the philosophy. It's the reason when we were kids, the Western Avenue car salesmen would come on. What did they all look like? They're all nice looking, had the best styles at the time, the Zanza belts. They had their Stacey Adams all polished up. They were selling junk, just like AOC. Beware the good-looking salesmen. They're more dangerous than the one that makes you throw up in your mouth. Everyone knows Jan Schakowsky is selling corruption. She looks like it. Todd Vernon Hills. Sean, uh, I was watching the numbers last night, and the, oh. I can't believe that less than 500,000 people are deciding who the mayor is. I looked at the numbers. Right. In the last presidential election, 2.3 million people voted for Biden and Trump. But yet there were 
1.6 million registered voters. Yeah. Is that just a great example of the Chicago machine? Did you factor in Queen of Heaven Cemetery and a couple of the insane asylums and the prisons? Did you factor in Cook County? I don't think you did. No, I drove, yeah. no, I drove by the cemetery. You know why? You're in Vernon Hills. Vernon Hills, yeah. you're, you're a little secluded. You got hills. You go in these ghettos, brother. They got bums in every alley. Don't worry. We'll turn out the numbers. How about the guy in California, Shaka Khan? 4,400 ballots in his condo. This is the way they like it. Todd, by the way, we've been doing this for 100 years. You realize what a joke we are. You know, everybody knows what happened during Kennedy's win, which, thank God, he won. He was better than Nixon economically. And he wanted to get rid of the CIA. Not Nixon. He was so in bed with the CIA, they kept his feet warm at night. Thank you very much, Todd. In the meantime, beware of the guy selling you good things. Mitch McConnell. You think Mitch McConnell is anti-communist China party? Do you realize who his wife is, right? You think she married him because of his strong jawline, his masculine shoulders, and his manly ways? I don't think so. She married him because he's the pimp to the political whore of our government, unfortunately, and that's the real skinny. In the meantime, we still have good guys that know the difference between wrong and right. we got to just hope that these guys get in position of power, and looks good for a little while. However, Congress has no teeth. Because you have the dementia patient in diapers, the greatest example of political corruption this country has to offer, and he's in the most important place. How did he get there? He stole the fracking election. The question seems to be about, you know, we have nothing allegedly in the cupboard, nothing to offer. Well, I think there's plenty to offer. How about stop spending money we don't have? How about stop dumping trillions of dollars into the economy, jamming up inflation? How about doing and how about ending all of the subsidies and all of the federal expenditures that are undermining the American people's ability to create wealth and create jobs. The gentleman talks about the amount of debt that was increased under President Trump. How about the 43 to 45 percent of our entire debt that was increased under Nancy Pelosi as speaker? Now add in Paul Ryan and you're over 50. Chip Roy has good speeches. I hope he governs the way he speaks. It's good, but that doesn't mean we have to blindly trust him. And then we have this idea that it's okay for 537 political whores to make these choices of how you got to a position where we are bankrupt. The youngest and the richest country. Why? Because it had the, the, the laissez-faire government, the emaciated version of government. This government reaps records every quarter. Six and a half trillion dollars a year. It's not enough because there, there isn't, you cannot quench the Leviathan of corruption. And who sells it? Republicans sell it too. And the ones that stick up for us, they're demonized. They're attacked. Their character assassinated. And the pilot says, sir, we're landing in approximately one and a half minutes. I say, but there's no runway. No, sir, the runway is right up there, sir. I say, I don't see it. I have pretty good vision. <laughs> At least for my age, I have good vision. <laughs> anyway, no, he said, right up there. And we land. There's practically no lights. These are little pin spots. And I said, think of this. We spent $7 trillion in the Middle East. And we can't land a plane with the lights on. <laughs> 20 years later. How bad is that? No, seriously, how bad is it? How bad is it? Where'd the seven, $7 trillion, trillion dollars and we have to fly in with no lights. 
Where did the $7 trillion go? Remember in Iraq, Joe Biden's illiterate moron brother who grabs the Paul Pelosi side of the hammer? $1.5 billion to build houses for Iraq. Did anybody see a Biden house in Iraq? They like the war. They like big pharma. They relish the corruption. And is anybody watching the most corrupt former Soviet Union country in existence as we fund it with hundreds of billions of dollars? Did you hear what Zelensky said last night? In his rough guy voice, tough guy voice. When he was an actor, he talked like a girl. Now he's a tough guy. Russia is going to enter Baltic states, NATO member states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's uh, nature that we're talking about, and they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. But his plan is to get our boys there. Our boys to the most corrupt oligarch-run hellhole, former Soviet Union. The same government that was killing its own people for eight years, and the American government said, guts on ghoul, because they couldn't figure out how to get the money. This is about money. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And then there's the fact there was another staging ground for the most successful bioweapon ever used in humanity. And it was funded by the same American government you're turning to for help. Do not beg your master for mercy. They have none. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right, squirrel. I'll play it. I know you love it. Every time I talk about the wasted trillions, wasted lives, what was the point of it all? And I, I know, I know you want to hear it. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Four! Frackin' idiot. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Dittos, buddy. Uh, I just might be a simple Blue Island idiot that grew up in Mount Greenwood, but... But you're not fair all these Beverly... Well, what are all these Beverly knuckleheads celebrating? The only reason they beat the bull dyke is because she was up against seven other people. Otherwise, she would have kicked Vallis's ass. And this Brandon Johnson, the damn Marxist, is going to kick his ass. So they can stick all their celebrating in their ear. This goes for, like, Ben Shapiro and Charlie Kirk, too, Sean. How stupid are these people? I don't know, but something tells me you may get tapped to eulogize. Some of these Democrats, when they eventually move on to greener pastures. Thank you very much, Tom. <laughs> it's rough when you got to live there. Rough! Puts an edge on you. Why not? He's 100% right. Paul Vallis, who would look you right in your eye and tell you what a great guy he is and ignore the fact he's a daily couple. That's all it is. You want to bring back the good old days. Daily. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think you're remembering them better than maybe they really were. A lot of first spouses do that. Mark in Oak Lawn. Sean, thanks for taking my call. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, did you watch that uh, 
uh, a rich man's truth. Did you yeah. see the? Wait, uh, it's three and a half hours long. I think I think I still have seventeen minutes to go, but I love it. Wasn't it good? Very hey, you know the point. The point I was going to make. Uh, you know, you talk about where does the money go? Nine one one. The day before. Uh, well, the day of, there was supposed to be an no, audit. No, no. The, day be- the day before. I played a clip all the time, Mark. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. And the next day, a plane hit the budget office. Yeah, Isn't I'm well aware of it. Where do you think that money went, Sean? I, I, I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about the 2.7. They did it again four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, something tells me it went to Paris with the uh, Ukrainian wives with those red soldiers. Sean, what's, what's your prediction on Social Security? You think it's going to be there for us? It's not there now. It's never been there. It's an excuse of taxation. Yeah. They never want to pay it. We'll discuss that. I went long. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. interesting what we find ourselves in, in the only country that was built on an ideal, on the Enlightenment, on the idea that man was to be free. Now the question is, as we give this freedom away, and we subscribe to ideologies of collectivism, does man want to be free, or does he want to be a comfortable slave? That's what we really are arguing. The names are irrelevant. This is freedom versus collectivism. So how do you determine this? Well, our next guest is the best person to tell us, in my opinion. He's joining us not only from another country where it's 1 a.m., but he has written 25 books. His new book, In Defense of Capitalism, he is a historian and a sociology sociologist. His name is Dr. Reiner Zeidelman. Dr. Zeidelman, thank you so much for joining me. I know it's late there. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you see, I'm still awake. Well, what's wonderful is that you're, you're putting up this argument because you are living in a country that is a victim of collectivism, a victim of socialism, a victim of totalitarianism. And what's wonderful is you have the history, the knowledge to understand the psychology of why a people would subscribe to that. And I'm, I'm very interested in, in to how this happens. Is there a comfortableness in being a slave to socialism? I think uh, people forget why their country became successful. It's not only in Germany or in Europe. I think the same today in the United States. Look, the United States became the greatest country ever. Why? Because of capitalism, free market economy. But there are a lot of people who forget it, that this was reason. And the same in Germany. We became successful after World War II because of free market economy. And now we're going more and more in the direction of a planned economy. And this happens all over the world. Look what happens in Latin America. People in Chile, for example. Chile was the most successful country in Latin America because of capitalism. Now they voted for socialists, and hopefully they don't go this way that Venezuela has done. So you see it everywhere in the world. Capitalism is under attack. 
Doctor, I'm curious to know, one thing I've learned about the modern day, I call it a Marxist mafia. It's a government supremacy. But one thing that they are very specific in is language. We took, I think, the word capitalism, which is a word that is the brainchild of Karl Marx, when the reality is maybe we should, re- we should have rejected that and explained to people it's propertyism. It's the property rights of the individual versus control of everything by the state. But here in America, I've watched something very interesting happen in my lifetime, and I'm in my 50s. In my lifetime, the definition of greed has become a man who wants to keep his own money versus the government that wants to take it away from him, versus the neighbor that wants to strip him of his property. Is this a problem of language, and have we been victims of adopting the language of the Marxist? With Crete, I agree absolutely. I think it's ridiculous. If leftists, they call an entrepreneur or rich person who worked hard for their money and who want to keep it, they call him greedy. And other people who want to take it away, the government, or want to take it away with higher and higher taxes, they call them social. <laughs> I, I, this is absolutely stupid. With capitalism, I heard this very often that people think capitalism has negative connotation. For a lot of people, it sounds like a dirty word. But here I give you one result from my book. For this book, I commissioned a poll in now 34 different countries about the image of free market economy and the image of capitalism. And we asked some questions where we didn't use the word capitalism for the same reason that you mentioned. We described what it is, but we avoided to use the word. And then we had other questions where we used the word. And of course, it's not a surprise. Uh, people agree more with capitalism if you don't use it. But the bad news is, even if you didn't use the word in our poll, only in seven out of 34 countries, people were pro-market economy. So it's not only about the word. I would be happy if it only means change the word and then everything is good. No, people forget to understand what a free market economy or call it capitalism, what it means. I give an example from, from my country. Now in Europe, they uh, start to forbid combustion engines for cars. It's, it's it should be only allowed in a couple of years to buy electric vehicles. I think it's a stupid idea. I have nothing against electric-driven cars. But market economy means that entrepreneurs decide in the end that consumers decide. Planned economy means that the government or government officials decide what is produced. And pe- people forget what is the market economy? But this is the system that made us so successful. And another problem is, uh, for example, the first chapter in my book starts with this claim, capitalism is responsible for hunger and poverty. The contrary is true. Before capitalism, 200 years ago, 90% of the worldwide population lived in extreme poverty, 90%. Today, it's less than 10%. And half of this reduction happened over the last Decades. I think it's an amazing, it's a great story. But people don't learn it at school. This is a problem. Uh, teachers tell them at school or university everything about the so-called evils of capitalism, but they know almost nothing about socialism, what it means. Now, I also think Americans specifically have this idea that there can be a hybrid version of capitalism and socialism. And that is why they're so willing to give away their freedom and their property, and they're so willing to adopt the psyche 
of the communist, of the Marxist, of the fascist, and argue for companies to have their profits and their freedom stripped away from them. But I'm wondering, do you think Americans understand that governments in socialist societies are gods among men and that they no longer have the freedom to even push back? Do you think that the American citizen understands what it's like to be a socialist citizen? I, I think they underestimate. Uh, look, I, I've, I've been in, um, in Miami uh, at a conference from Students for Liberty some months ago, and there were, there were people, refugees from, from uh, Venezuela, and they told me we could have never imagined that things like this can happen in Venezuela. Fifty years ago, Venezuela was one of the 20 richest countries in the world. It was a democracy. Everything was, uh, was a great country in South America. And now then they started with regulation, regulation, things became worse, and then they voted for Hugo Chavez, and you know what's the outcome. Today, they, they lost everything. They, they lost uh, uh, prosperity. They lost political freedom. They lost everything. And they warned us, don't think that it can't happen in your country. It was the same in Germany. You know, I'm, I'm coming from Germany, as you're here with my accent. And in, 19, in the 1930s, people never could imagine that in such a country with a great cultural uh, tradition from Goethe and, and others, that things like national socialism could happen. But it happened, and it was terrible. And so no country should be too sure that it, it can't happen there. And it doesn't come always in the same way, and it doesn't come from one day to the next day. Sometimes it became slowly and slowly. And I think if we analyze, uh, we, we in Europe here, we have uh, people have a totally complete wrong pic- picture of United States. They think the United States is absolutely pure capitalism. They are zero welfare states. This is what people believe here in yeah. Europe about the United States. You know better. It's wrong. Uh, it's it's uh, you have no. such a big welfare state. It's going more and more that the United States are becoming Europe, and I think you should be, uh, you should be very cautious with this. Yes, I am very cautious. I'm also very aware of your books and your writing. And and one of the questions I've always wanted to ask somebody who um, is from Germany: Your country experienced the takeover in such a dramatic way, but it had been set in that path along that path from Bismarck to Hindenburg and the rest of it, who slowly implemented this idea of collectivism in order to handle the failings of the philosophy uh, of debt and spending and corrupt economics. But it took one man to turn it into the Third Reich, and that, that's one of your books, is Hitler's National Socialism. What was it that he did in his short time that he was able to grab everybody? I mean, of course, the people he didn't kill that he didn't kill. But he, what was it that he had that took a, a relatively reasonable nation and turned it into the Third Reich? Uh, it's a complication, but uh, what I sh- uh, showed in my book is that he was much more anti-capitalist and that he was much more socialist than most of the people think. They don't elect this, uh, Hitler uh, to, to kill Jewish people or what he did uh, later on or to start with the Second World War, what he did later. No, they, they voted for him because he promised a lot of uh, social, social things and he had a rhetoric that was very similar to socialist parties and he, he admired the socialist parties. He had a lot of, uh, in, in common with them. And uh, another thing is envy. You know, Germany is a very envious nation. 
I commissioned another poll where, where we compared the, uh, how envious are people in different countries. And the most envious countries were France and Germany. And this is also, envy is something uh, that is uh, very bad for political culture for every country. And what we hear here, just so you know, doctor, in these very, like my, my old city of Chicago, what you hear are the policies and the politics of envy. And they focus that envy on companies for now, but even there are politicians running that are focusing on individuals, and that's how you get the policies of extortion and taxation. And that's what we're experiencing. I keep trying to warn my American people that this can happen overnight when you are in hard times economically. Do people realize that when Hitler was elected to power, it was because Germany was in the middle of a terrible economy? And when you look at the world economies around the world, are we not ripe for a bigger and badder version of Hitler right now? Did we lose you? Doctor? All right, so we obviously lost Dr. Reiner. We will effort to get him back. I'm not sure we'll have time. Why don't we take a quick commercial break? And if I can't get Dr. Reiner back, I'd like to ask you that question. 312-642-5600. But in the meantime, squirrel hands, get those little hands working and dial Germany. Stat! This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right, we were able to call Germany, and I don't want to make the doctor wait so long. It's after 1 o'clock in the morning where Dr. Reinier Zeidelman is. However, he's got a new book out in defense of capitalism, but he also has 25 other books. He is an expert in the field of collectivism, and I want to make sure we fight it off. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us again. Um, I wanted to ask you this specific question, because what we're seeing right now is, is something that's terrifying me, and I believe it to be the rise of the Fourth Reich. And I believe it's headed up by this collectivist ideology of world government. And when I look at what happened with the World Economic Forum, when I see the schemes and the spears that will be used against America and freedom in general, I trace it right back to the Third Reich. And when I see Klaus Schwab, when I see the idea that we are to be subservient to world corruption, do you think that we are ripe for this to happen right now? I don't hope so, but uh, I can tell you something from Germany, what maybe you don't know. Uh, here we have a lot of people who share these crazy ideas. We have now a bestseller here in Germany. It's a book about capitalism. Unfortunately, not my book, but a book from an anti-capitalist. And I, I will tell you exactly what she writes. And she's very popular. She writes, first, we should forbid everything to drive a car. Totally forbid Second, we should forbid to fly because of climate change. Third, no new buildings. We, sh we, sh we should stop build uh, new, new houses. We should redistribute existing houses more equally. And then the last thing, uh, no one should be allowed to eat more than 2,500 calories a day. And for this, we should have ration cards so to make sure that no one gets more to eat every day because of climate change. And this is not... It's very, of course, this sounds really strange, and it's really, really strange, but you can see her, the author of the book, in every talk show, every week, several times in Germany. The book is very popular, and so you see, this is really crazy what, what happens there, 
And she says it word by word. We need a planned economy. But I think we should not forget planned economy never solved any problem in the last hundred years. They, they tried socialism in 24 different ways. In China in a different way than in Soviet Union and Cuba in another way than in North Korea, in, uh, in East Germany in another way. But it never worked. It failed without any exception. And so I think it's stupid something that never worked in a hundred years that failed time and again and more than 100 million people died to, to try it one more time. I think it's a crazy idea to try a uh, plan. Maybe they call it different. different. Maybe in the uh, United States they don't, don't call it planned economy. But don't look so much for the, for the words, but look what they, what they think. And you spoke about collectivism and this is a problem. The question is in the end, who makes decisions in the society? Is it the entrepreneurs and the consumers or is it the government and government officials? This is the real question in the end. That this means the difference between market economy and between planned economy. Doctor, we have thousands, tens of thousands of people listening right now. And every American is glad that that author doesn't move to America and run for the Democrat Party because she could end up being the next president. That's how bad things are here. And I know how bad it is there, but I, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking time to write this book and most of all staying up so late to talk to me. I personally am going to buy a few of your books because I think it's crucially important that people understand what we're fighting is an ideology that disguises itself as compassion. It disguises itself as utopia. It disguises itself as something that actually works. When the fact of the matter is, it's just insatiable. And it's how good people go to bad decisions. And as a sociologist, it could not happen without the envy, the one, one of the many flaws, but a flaw of mankind. And if you can tap that envy, you can lead to a position where you're killing your countrymen. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. And I think your book will help us do that. So I want to tell you, thank you so thank much. Thank you very for much. And and maybe I can add one thing in the end. Absolutely. Thank you that you recommended my book, and I hope a lot of your audience buy it. It's not, it's not written to convince anti-capitalists, because I, I'm very sure they will not read it. I have here another book. I bought it from Bernie Sanders. The title is, It's, it's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. I will read this book, because I read the books from people who think different. Anti-capitalists don't do it. They would never touch a book like mine. So I wrote my book for people like you who are pro-capitalism, pro-free market economy, and I provide you with all the facts, all the arguments. If you look in the bibliography, I used for this book more than 350 books, scientific books and papers. I did my own research. And of course, not everyone is able to read 350 books. But I provide you with all the facts that if you have any discussion, with uh, anti-capitalists, you find in every chapter all the facts. For example, we have this chapter, Capitalism is Responsible for Environmental Destruction and Climate Change. I refute all their arguments. So I have this chapter here, Capitalism is Dominated by the Rich. They said the political agenda. Capitalism leads to monopolies. For, uh, chapter by chapter, I refute it, in, especially written for people like you, that if you have any discussion, that you will win every discussion with leftists, with anti-capitalists. So thank you for supporting me. I can't, I, I'm mad I have to wait six days. The book comes out on the 7th. Can we pre-order it now on Amazon? Yes, of course. You should pre-order it now. 
I print a lot, pre-hard a lot of books. I don't say to make money with the book. We can't make a lot of money with books. I say because I wrote it to spread this message and I can tell you good news. This book is published in 30 countries, three, zero, 30 countries at the same time. And I promise to travel to each, every country. I, I was a few, few weeks ago in the United States. I will go back in the United States in the beginning of April. And I travel in each and every country to spread the message why capitalism is not the problem. Capitalism is the solution. Will you email my uh, my producer? Will you email us your schedule? I'd like to know where you are. I'd like to meet you in person. I, I can't thank you enough, Dr. Rainier Zettelman. Thank you so much. The book, In Defense of Capitalism, it's out on the 7th of this month. Pre-order it now. Doctor, thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you. I look also forward to it. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. That's a good song, Squirrel. It's a good song. But I got a better one. You want to hear mine? You want to hear mine, Squirrel? You know, you hog the music all the time. I can't remember nothing, no, no, no. You know who that is? It's my guy for Robert and Bloomingdale going to Funky Town tonight. Teddy Pendergrass. Anytime my wife hears Teddy Pendergrass, for good reason. In the meantime, all of us should be more than nervous. We should be aggravated. You see, we've been made a fool of. The reason this is even an issue is that it's embarrassing we funded the lab. If we had not funded the lab, 100% of Americans would say this is obvious, this is a no-brainer. The epicenter of the world is five miles from one of the only high-level virology labs in China. The doctors initially were arrested and forced to sign uh, non-disclosure gag documents. The lab reports have been destroyed. They've not been turned over. The sequences reported from the lab to the NIH database were deleted by a request from Chinese scientists that called over early on and said, delete those sequences we put in the database. And two leading virologists, maybe the two um, top virologists in the United States, Dr. Michael Farzan from Scripps and Dr. Robert Gary from Tulane, told Dr. Fauci on his emergency call in January of 2020 when he was scrambling soon after learning that the NIH was funding the lab, they both said that it was likely from the lab. Both scientists changed their tunes days later in the media, and then both scientists received $9 million subsequent in funding from the NIH. It's a no-brainer that it came from the lab. I mean, at this point... It's impossible to acquire any more information, and if you did, it would they only be affirmative. Received nine million dollars. I want every fracking text message, everything, and I want to see if it leads back to our bureaucracies, our investigative. Agencies, As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. That's the same Christopher Wray that's been in possession of the prima facie evidence that we have an asset of enemies foreign and domestic in the White House. He's had Hunter's hard drive for three fracking years. And when asked about it, they said they lost it. If it was Sam Giancana's notebook, would they have lost it? 
I don't think so. Forever bothering Italians and clearing the runway for the short-in-the-pants mafias. Huh? I see you, Christopher Ray. Something tells me that name traces all the way back to a tavern in Dublin, you rat bastard. Judy in Lamont. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my mom says hi also. She listens Thanks for making it, Judy so- and her mom. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I work at a parish office, and I walked in for my day coming back to three funerals, and we have had many funerals lately, so it's hitting home everywhere down here by us, and just the gentleman was like 56, just dropped, and a couple other ones, 45 to 56, and I just feel terrible, and, you know, there's nothing we can do but pray for him, obviously, but it's it's just here, and it's coming hard and fast. So do you know why I play that? Um, do you know why I play that doctor all the time? Uh, the one in Europe, Dr. John Campbell, um, yeah. who's been investigating this since the very beginning. He is among the first, and he confirmed again, that there are autopsies being done, and they're taking things out of people. They're seeing people that are dying from heart oh, disease. Oh, yeah, and, and, all and you just talked to Edward this, Dowd the other day, so he's Edward been on Dowd. it forever also. So that yes. was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, He's a, a data analyst. who, can, When you research the data, it's, it's unarguable. Mm-hmm. But we're discussing things with people who lie for a living from the minute they open their fracking eyes in the morning till they close them in the evening. They're professional scallywags, liars, and profiteers of policy. And this is and the first question the you want to ask is, when did they get their last jab? When did they get, did they get the jab, and when was the last one? That's the first thought, and, you know, everybody's Judy, afraid you, to ask Please tell that. me your mother didn't get it. Did she get it? Oh, no, she did not. No, Sean, we were with you and with so many others that just did not. And um, my husband and son did get it, and I'm just praying because it was in the early days that it was just like the watered-down version or the one that didn't make it through, the freezing point. I was with a dear friend of mine. Okay, yeah. I was with a dear friend of mine no more than 25 days ago, and I love the guy. We grew up together. I haven't, you know, you don't see him as you get older. And he was in my car here in Florida. We were looking at property, and he said to me, I worry about it every day because I mm-hmm. had it. I got it. And I thought, I think about him every day. And I think yeah. he, his only thing he did wrong was he believed the government. Right. And he wanted to be a good citizen. And you, it ref, you have to reflect back to this American government. Not only is the government that pays dictators around the world to keep their people in bondage, but this American government never told you the truth about anything in their rat life. No. Well, maybe a few handful of politicians, but on a whole, when they have a message for the American people, it's a fracking lie. Thank you, Judy. Thank Appreciate you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Ralph and Rantoul. I love when Ralph and Rantoul calls. Sean, good evening. Uh, hey, you know, number one, I'll start believing that people will be held accountable when I start seeing people let off to prison or held with with bondless, uh, hearingless, forever incarceration like January 6th people. Uh, but anyway, the uh, Christopher Ray clip, I thought for a second you had reanimated Charles Grodin. And he was reading that because that's what I was hearing. I, was I don't think Charles Grodin, the... although successful and although a wonderful actor, I don't think he ever flew private. And Christopher Ray only flies private. That's the main difference, aside from uh, the fact that something tells me Christopher Ray has a much higher net value than most actors in Hollywood. That's just me. 
thinking out loud, but yeah. Rolf yeah. and Rantoul. Did you get it? You didn't get it, did you, brother? You know, I, I got the first one because I got a, uh, at the time my mom was 96 and yeah. um, I'm her main caregiver. So I buy her groceries and take her out and doctors and she's kind of homebound. Um, and so initially it was, uh, hey, you know what? This is good stuff. Um, yeah. But you couldn't jab, you could not get me to take another shot. It just won't happen. It yeah. shattered my faith in medicine quite frankly i i mean i was always a skeptic it's yeah. gone i agree ralph because you're too important to have that uh, bell's palsy i don't want you walking around like dr awardy thank you very much ralph and rantoul stay, stay strong oh here he is i knew i knew the minute i played teddy i knew it I can't remember nothing. No, no, no. resident pervert of the sean doctor show guy who walks around in silk Walks around, waiting for Viagra. And Robert of Bloomingdale. He'll be like Barry White, too. You can put some Barry White oh, in Oh, yeah. Too. Barry's a little too much. You know, it kind of slips you into second gear. But go ahead. With that, that deep, heavy voice of his singing, yeah. you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. You know, you I can hope pull Mrs. All these Robert things. has her track shoes on. Go ahead. <laughs> well, she don't. But anyway, the question I want to ask you is, you know, with all these emails and stuff that you want, I, I agree with you. They should pull every email that's available. But the Forget the email. Line, I want the text gonna... message, like Peter Strzok and his horse-faced girlfriend. I want to see them all. Are we ever going to find out the real truth with all this? Christopher Ray, that guy is such a liar. You can see. I can Robert, see here's right the thing him. I want you to focus on. We know. Yeah. We know the truth. We just need the prima facie evidence, because in this particular America, circa 2023, truth doesn't matter. Thank you very right. much, brother. We know the truth. You knew the truth from day one. I did, and I kept saying it. Tony in Riverside. Hey, hi, Sean. How are you? Wonderful, Tony. Two things. First of all, you and I both know why Johnson's going to win. It has nothing to do with the policy, per se. Nothing. Oh, Brandon? Let's go, Brandon? Yeah. yeah he's going to win. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Silky, Secondly, communist. He wins in Chicago. Home of the comments. Secondly, I fear every day for my son, who happens to be in a profession that he was forced to get the jab uh -huh. and had some repercussions afterwards that I directed immediately and got him on a detox program from Dr. Zelenko. Um, but they say, you know, if you read the studies, they said we're going to see the repercussions of this jab two to four years after it's given. And we're starting to see that. And I'll tell you, Tony, I, I, I'm going to tell you, this is a big problem I have with Donald Trump. Huge. The frack are you I know thinking? that. What the frack are you thinking? You name this thing warp speed? You you circumvent all the all the all the rules. What the hell are you thinking, man? I know. It's I big. know. It's big with me. Big, big, big. You're, you're right, Sean, but you know, in that time, I mean, I don't know what I would have done either. But yeah, although I got I a cousin, my I got a cousin in, I got a cousin who's uh, in prison because he did something because of he for that time. And there's still no excuse for something you know to be wrong. Thank you very much, Tony. Keep me Thank posted you, on the kid, will you? Thank you. I shall. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. See, my people use phrases like I shall, squirrel. It's a high-class show. Button your shirt, squirrel. Greg, Lake Geneva. Yeah, button your shirt, squirrel. Anyway. <laughs> John's He's walking around like it's the 70s. He's got chest hair, a couple gold chains. I think he has a nipple piercing, the sicko. <laughs> anyway, first of all, anybody who's got a clear view of the sky like they do up in God's country up here in Lake Geneva, Look out to your west. You'll see an interesting sight. It's uh, Jupiter and uh, Venus side by side. I think it's kind of cool. Now, you're sure he's on a couple of thing. transvestites and you got a sick sense of humor. Are these a couple of cross-dressers? 
No, 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 okay. no, no. You'll forgive me. I used to go to and, strip joints in the nineties. They were all named after planets. planets. But you know what? Yeah. There's there's bigger things than us out there. Anyway, my main point though, what I told Honey Bunny was of all the stuff that's going on today with Chicago election and all the usual BS. Today is the day of days, day of my people, Casimir Pulaski Day. Huh. Let's hear it for the Polish. All right. This I'm is our fan. day. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a big fan of history. I'm a big fan of the Polish people. They got a raw deal because Americans are too stupid to know the history. And uh, those are some brave son of a gun. So I agree with you. Thank you very much, Greg. And it's another reason not to support the Ukrainian Azovs. Killed tens, if not hundreds of thousands. Stefan Bandera. And Ukraine still celebrates that rat bastard Nazi. Not me. My family killed the Nazis. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Very sad. Um, tonight before 5 p.m., a female police officer near 52nd and Spalding was shot in the face and leg, and I believe is in critical condition. But this is, uh, that's nauseating. Now let's see what the candidates have to say. What are you going to say now? Because until you adopt a philosophy that wants to punish people like this, instead of expunging the records because of their age or their ethnicity, you are in a world of loserville. You are in a world of corruption. You are in Chicago. And let's see what the Marxist with the pretty smile and the wife who's going to run everything. Let's see what he has to say about it, the Marxist. Don't worry. It doesn't really matter what they say. Every time they open their mouth, they fracking lie. Jerry, Indiana. Hello. Hi, Jerry. John? Yes, I'm here, babe. Hey, listen, I, I wanted to put a plug in for President Trump uh, and why he, why he pushed the vaccine so hard. So basically, here's the reason. He, he knew that since they had rejected him with his ivermectin, his hydroxychloroquine, everybody shot him down. They all attacked him. And those are actually good therapeutics. But because they, he, he knew they were going to keep us locked down indefinitely for years, he had to do something. So he pushed the Ooh, pharmaceutical companies I like, I like to go this. ahead. I like this, but this is an excuse because who's the they? He was the president. He's the one who shut down the economy. You know where the economy well, wasn't they, shut down? The, the economy, economy wasn't shut down in Florida. We ignored it. The, the, they, the they is the... Uh, he was the, the man, the and he blew it, baby. He blew it. Should have never shut down the fracking economy. Federal government doesn't have the authority. Let the states do what they want. That's what he should have said. But he didn't, because he wanted to get reelected. Should have figured they were going to cheat him, too, because they did. And by they, I mean the Republicans, too, because they're back in the mafia. Three one. Oh, is that it? It's the end. You can't give me another segment. Damn it! We got to call that guy who follows me. I'll be back in twenty one. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.